Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Indeed. We've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our review of Hawkeye Episode 5, and we're very eager to talk about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Equally eager to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home and Hawkeye Episode 5, (laughs) I would say. Equal playing fields, yeah. Two superheroes I like the same amount. Mm Mm-hmm. That one movie podcast. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the toms. Sweet. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I cannot wait to talk about the secrets of Dumbledore. Wait, Jimmy, what's your Tom you're going to review this week? Tom... Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, whatever his, he was an NBA what? coach, Bergeron. Bergeron, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fantastic Bre- Beast, The Crimes of Dumbledore, or whatever, Secrets of Dumbledore, that's that's what it is. Um, Fantastic I, Beast 3, oh god, they're gonna make two more of these <laughs> after this one. After this prob- one. But maybe not hopefully depends this one on bombs. how yeah for real i so this came out i think earlier in the week and i just complete i didn't even watch it when it came out because i just just like i do not care i know i'm gonna have to watch it later on in the week anyway um but we've we've been very forthcoming with our opinion that crimes of grindelwald is not very good for- i thought it was fine holden hates that movie i thought it was fine okay i was just bored out of my mind and i i i keep bringing whenever i talk about it i talk about when i uh saw it that i was like falling asleep in the theater i had to get up and like walk out of the theater multiple times just so, like walk around for a minute or two <laughs> just so i wouldn't fall asleep um was that pre- that was pre-podcast yeah right? it was like i didn't review that one i was looking i looked it up to double check but it was like a couple months before we did the podcast for the first time so that's how <laughs> that long mean, that's how long yeah, that, it's been in between movies yeah that means they've been making this one for the last three years <laughs> <laughs> can't believe um, it yeah the last yikes. i think the last one was november 2018 this is coming out april april 2022 so wow um yikes yeah but so this trailer uh we got some jude law as as dumbledore looks like he might actually be in this one a lot because he was not in the last one very much um but got some mads mickelson as grindelwald which is the only thing i'm looking forward to (laughs) and he's hardly in the trailer yeah bombadil to the trailer that's all (laughs) i wanted to see um got ezra miller he doesn't have a stupid bowl cut anymore, so uh, good for him. He's got, like, long hair. I keep forgetting that he's... Spoiler for Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever. He's, like, Dumbledore's brother? I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
which that would have been a good secret of Dumbledore. Yeah, I bet well, the <laughs> secret of Dumbledore is that he was the wizard Nazi with Grindelwald, whatever. Yeah. And he knows something that no one else knows, and he's got to admit that he was this in order to do whatever they need to do to stop Grindelwald this time, but not for good, because they still got to make two more of these. I, I thought it was funny in the trailer when uh, when Mads Mikkelsen is like, let's let the war between the wizards and muggles begin. And I'm like, didn't it begin in the last movie? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you just kill a lot of people last movie? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. There's He was like the atomic bomb or something. Yeah, he's like, we got to stop them from killing everyone. We know I that doesn't happen. Remember, so. I don't remember, but I think I was t- kind of Team Grindelwald last time. I was like, yeah, this well, guy's spitting some facts. I mean, from that <laughs> angle, yeah, but I, I, at the same time, I'm also like, well, we know he loses, so like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we know that the um, atomic bomb is still made. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Thanks, Festus from Eternals. Am I right? Yeah. Thanks, uh, history, for spoiling uh, this movie for us. Yeah, and the the current, I don't know, not the current, the Harry Potter series, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, w- yeah. I do not care about this movie. Mads Mikkelsen. Can someone just make a compilation of Mads Mikkelsen in this movie? We can watch that and review that. Yeah. That would be the ideal <laughs> scenario. Eddie Eddie Redmayne. I don't I don't care. I remember last movie he had like nothing to do. So, uh, but he'll be equally as useless in this. I don't really like his character, Newt's commander. So I do not care that he's getting sidelined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, Dumbledore is just cooler, and Jude Law was good from what I remember in the last movie for like the five minutes he was on screen. So he's he's way too cool and hipster to be Dumbledore, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's wearing, like, bowler caps. Probably yeah. very fashionable at the time. Maybe. He could have just made those movies instead of making the Fantastic Beast angle of it. Yeah, it, it's... Is, like, yeah. the first... I guess it worked in the first movie because the first movie wasn't focusing on this wizarding war. But They that, turned it into something that it... Just, it just turned into something very contained into something that was very not contained. Yeah, it's very... It's like, necessary. decide which prequel you want to make. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I uh, unfortunately we don't have any way of avoiding seeing this movie, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna watch it. I, I was I was looking at the release schedule for other news on this list, and I was like, oh, this is the only movie that comes out that week. So, just like Agent Smith uh, from The Matrix, which we're reviewing next week, uh, these movies are inevitable. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he says that a lot. And the first two movies, Holden, which you've seen, come on. Yeah. Inevitable. Um, I just remember like, um, he's like Thanos from an Endgame. He's inevitable. <laughs> okay, I get that one because I'm a Marvel shell. I remember yeah. that. He's like Clorox. He's inedible. Yeah, great. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> this trailer gets a uh, a bombadil. Bombadil, because I just I love how the comment section that I looked at was half of it was Johnny like we love Mads Mikkelsen but they did Johnny Depp wrong, and the other half was Dumbledore actually gave points to a house that wasn't Gryffindor, because <laughs> he's like three points to Hufflepuff. That was like that line made me cringe though. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that seems like it's gonna Fifth be a joke dip. that just doesn't land. Get points. <laughs> um, yep. So, boy, they really need to hit they. 
the only way these movies are going to survive if they just nostalgia overload and it looks like they're leaning into that but then it's just not going to make these movies any better yeah so. it's just going to make them like fun the first time you watch it like i would i would think it's like the whole conflict between grindelwald and dumbledore could be interesting but i don't care about newt and his yeah friends. they say like, just they need to just take those out <laughs> make a dumbledore m- origin that now they need like well we need the fantastic beasts record no you don't nobody <laughs> likes those just go just call it dumbledore versus grindelwald dawn of justice the muggle guy has a wand now okay cool yeah, yeah. great okay so uh, the next trailer uh which is significantly more interesting uh is the everything everywhere all at once trailer which is a movie i had never heard of until we saw the trailer for it before uh spider-man on thursday um it's a a24 film uh so says something i guess i don't know um but it is uh it's starring michelle yo a very famous uh, martial arts chinese actress Uh, she was in just in shang chi we just saw her in that um but it seems to be a weird multiversal movie that doesn't have to do with superheroes it's actually an original story trailer's not exactly clear about what the story is but it seems like she is a a woman maybe down on her luck a little bit but she somehow gains access to different versions of herself like the skills and knowledge different versions of herself from other universes it's an interesting trailer jimmy what do you think yeah, so the way I see it is kind of like she is like the chosen one who has to save the multiverse, but she's like, that doesn't make any sense because I'm a nobody. But then she can channel all these different versions of herself <laughs> throughout the multiverse. Like, she's really good at flipping the, the signs in front of the store. Yeah. Know, <laughs> like one of the sign holders. So she can like channel that energy when she's in the middle of a battle which i think is funny or she can channel the one that's really good at martial arts or mm-hmm. whatever and i think that's just a hilarious idea i think this movie looks great it looks beautiful the writing seems really interesting a24 it seems a little bit bigger in scope jamie lee what- curtis might be the villain that's cool Ooh, the villain well jamie lee curtis she was in so she's the the woman who talks like is talking about the i don't know whatever debt that michelle yo has or whatever which i hardly recognized her doesn't really look like i jamie. Did. i was like who is that yeah that's jamie lee curtis and yeah. based on the way the the trailer pans out when they're kind of mentioning the threat it just shows like an alternate universe version of jamie lee curtis or something like briefly oh, I, so she I might be playing like the villain which is cool um but uh, I think this looks great. I I think it could be something that is very good. I I'm very excited about. It. I hope that I hope it works out because I think the potential is the ceiling is so high for this film. Yeah, and the concept I I love it. I cannot wait to see this. It's one it's, of my most anticipated movies of next year. I would say honestly from it, the trailer. And it's such a different like a twenty four movie because I it went, like when we saw Green Knight. I described it as like the most A24 movie ever made, but this is, this feels very, uh, like silly, very fun. I think it seems like it's going to be a little funny. I'm sure it's going to have quite a bit of heart to it still, but it's very colorful, bright. Yeah. It just seems very cool. Yeah. It seems like it has everything. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, wait, wait, what's it called? Everything, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. It seems like it has everything, everywhere, all at once. It's got the comedy. It's got the drama. It's got the action, all the suspense. I'm, I'm excited. I think this looks like the, uh, the perfect storm. Um, hopefully, it's just not a really good trailer deceiving us. But I'm gonna yeah. give it a broca. Yeah, I'll give it a broca as well. Um, so some film delays, Jimmy, very exciting to talk about. Um, this one, uh, I was disappointed about this one. Uh, the black phone was delayed several months to, uh, June 24th. It was coming out in February, but that okay. now that just makes February less interesting. <laughs> I can't remember what all's coming out. Then we got jackass. Forever. I don't remember what else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that'll... That'll be added into, I'm sure, what's a cluttered June. It's probably coming out, actually, around the time Doctor Strange is coming out. No, that's May. Never mind. Um, but then uh, this one, very sad. Uh, ambulance was delayed two months. So that's also moved out of February. <laughs> is this just Omicron fears? or I don't know. Omicron, I, I, I wasn't really seeing reasons for this. Because, I mean, Black Phone's been released at festivals because, I mean, we've already seen, like, some positive reviews for that. So it's all done and everything. I don't really know why it got delayed to a busier month. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Spider-Man is doing very well, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm guessing it's Omicron. Omicron. They're scared of Morbius. Remember. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> Morbius is going to decimate the end of january and all of february it's gonna suck the blood out of all the other movies around it good job good job and suck the life out of me (laughs) yeah so ambulance is coming april 8th so uh unfortunately i think i saw that comes out the week before fantastic beasts (laughs) but i think it also comes out the same week as sonic so we could just see sonic instead you know i'm going bergeron just do not touch batman yeah, I don't swear. touch Batman. Have that do come out in March. Him. It's already been delayed enough. Do not do it, Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Fast and Furious 10 was delayed a whole month, Jimmy. April oh to gosh. May 2023. Very exciting. Oh, how do you get delayed a month? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a year and a half from now. <laughs> that seems silly. They're like, oh, yeah, we need this extra month to perfect the, the Fast and Furious script. <laughs> yeah i could see vin diesel saying that now that you say that so now it doesn't make sense <laughs> they need one more month of convincing their rock he's got to come back yeah yeah um just give me one more month yeah we did convince him to i don't think we back. talked about that when that happened but that that tweet or whatever that vin diesel sent out to the rock was really weird <laughs> You gotta fulfill your destiny. Yeah, fulfill your, it's your destiny. My my kids call you uncle or whatever. <laughs> it's just a weird tweet. Um, and then my uh, the last date uh, is that the Train to Busan remake got a release date uh, in April 2023. Last cool. train to New York. I gotta I gotta see that. It's on one of the streaming services. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon. Mm, I don't think so. I think it's on like peacock or paramount or something yeah, okay paramount. it is on i, I know it's on shutter but i don't think i watched it on there i can't remember wh- where it was but anyway anywho holden i'm gonna give those all bergerons bergerons for me too uh this exciting news jimmy we got an update about the next saw film coming out oh boy saw uh, saw 10 
or nine, depending on if they count Spiral. I don't know. They didn't give a, a title for it, but Josh Stolberg, uh, the writer of Jigsaw and Spiral, released an update on Twitter confirming that he's writing it. Uh, but it, the update said, Back with my horror family, polishing up the next Saw script. I could tell you there will be blood, but you you know that already. What I can promise you is that this is going to make John Kramer fans very happy. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're we're getting uh, Jigsaw Tobin Bell back. Sounds like, which Great. is very exciting. Brokaw, can't wait. Brokaw. Um, without getting into uh, spoilers for Spider-Man, obviously, do have some Spider-Man news. Um, so Spider-Man Four is in development. Kind of talked about that a little bit previously, but Kevin Feige uh, even confirmed that. Uh, he said, Amy and I and Disney and Sony are talking about uh, Spider-Man 4. Yes, we're actively beginning to develop where the story heads next, which I can only say outright because I don't want fans to go through any separation trauma like what happened after Far From Home. Uh, that will that will not be occurring this time. Woo! So that's good. Um, the only the th- the main interesting thing about this is when I was looking up news, I was also seeing that Tom Holland says he wants to take a break from acting now, <laughs> like after Uncharted releases. So I don't I don't know if if he's gonna go through with that, and then we'll just wait a while for a new Spider-Man movie, or I don't know. Take a break. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're not calling the shots here, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I like Kevin Feige's quote because I like his assurance that, we're, that it, you know, it's not going to be Sony and, and Disney splitting again because it's very, very traumatic for a lot of us. We talked about it here on the podcast. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You can't run away from me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I will find you. Um... Yeah, I feel like if Tom Holland does any more, he's only going to do like one or two because he's said multiple times he's like, if he said his quote is something like, if I keep, if I'm doing this into my 30s, I'm doing something wrong. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Unless the money we'll is too good. We'll see how much money they'll throw at him. <laughs> I like how when they asked Alfred Milina, like, oh, what made you want to come? Like, what brought you back? He's like, the money. <laughs> Definitely the money. The money was the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Not beating around the bush. Uh, Yeah, I'll give that a Brokaw. Yes, a a Brokaw for me as well. And we can talk more about what that that Spider-Man 4 could look like in our spoiler discussion of No Way Home. Yep. Um, Jimmy, have you seen the Kick-Ass movies? I have not. Okay. Well, just briefly then, uh, Matthew Vaughn, the original director of Kick-Ass, um, and is also the director of the Kingsman movies, he has said that uh, they are planning on rebooting the Kick-Ass movies, uh, and that will be coming in two years, approximately. Are there two of them? Yes, there's two. I haven't okay. seen the second one. I've heard it's not as good, but also I think Jim Carrey's in that one, so I don't Interesting. know. Did not know that. The first one's pretty entertaining. That's got a real probably one of Nick Cage's best roles. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's I. I mean, I don't know. Kickass is it's a it's a fun premise. It's something that is not entirely as novel as when it first came out because it was kind of like 
2010, so like MCU was starting, and they're like, oh, R-rated superhero movie. This is pretty novel. Um, so I don't know. I feel like they might have to go with a certain angle on it, but I kind of I I like the idea of of Kickass that it's just these people dressing up in costumes and they're not actually good. <laughs> they just get beat up a lot. But, well, I'm guessing they just have more to say about the superhero genre. Yeah. They got to turn it on its head again. The multiverse is the new, the new trope. <laughs> so maybe they'll make fun of that. Do a multiverse kick-ass movie. Yeah. I mean, it's based on a comic, and I think the comics, there's quite a bit to work with. So we'll see. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Brokaw, sure. I will give it a Bergeron. Okay. Uh, my last piece of news, not a very strong week of movie news, uh, is that there is a uh, Mega Man movie in development at Netflix, Jimmy. <laughs> Um, Mega Man video game character mm-hmm. by Capcom, uh, but is going to be directed by the directors of Paranormal Activity three and four. Bombadil, <laughs> I don't want to see this. Yeah, I don't either. I'll probably Bombadil. watch it, but no, I w- will not talk about it on the podcast unless no. it's really good for some reason. Nope, Bombadil. <laughs> Bombadil for me too. Uh, that's it for news. Do you have anything that I forgot? I don't think there's I... any gaming stuff. I don't know. I'm unplugged, Holden. <laughs> unplugged. Yes, I have no contact with the outside world. I'm like Jared Leto going and going on my self quest, going on in the desert and coming back and finding out COVID's a thing or something. Whatever he did, going on the red carpet to Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, he was there, wasn't he? He was. Yikes. Um. Nope, I don't have anything. All right. Then I guess we'll go on to our review of Hawkeye Episode 5. Woo, there's only one more, I think, right? (laughs) Thank goodness. Okay. Spider... er, (laughs) That's says Spider-Man. Hawkeye, episode five. Wishful thinking, Holden. Wishful thinking. thinking. Um, Yeah, so this is the penultimate episode of uh, of Hawkeye series on Disney+. Plus. Um, Yeah, uh, so the majority of this episode... uh, Full spoilers, like usual. Uh, We'll just do that. Um, So... Like half of this episode, I didn't realize this until I like had scrubbed through it, like before this, before we started recording, because I needed to remember what happened. Uh, but like over, like around half this episode is just Kate Bishop and uh, Yelena talking, which is probably the most entertaining part. Because I, I mean, I liked Yelena in Black Widow; she was probably my favorite part of that. And Florence Pugh is just a good actress. So, I mean, it's entertaining watching her interact with anyone. Um, I was glad that it wasn't just her appearing at the end of the previous episode, jumping off a building, and that's that's it. <laughs> Which I felt like maybe that's what was going to happen. But... Holden, this show has way too many characters. It does. There's way too much going on. It is. They have written themselves into such complexity... That they all need, they need to wrap all this stuff up in one episode, and there's no way they're gonna do this justice to any of the characters who I don't think they've developed very well. No, there's been wild inconsistencies, and now they're like, oh, let's just throw in two more big characters. <laughs> I just think I, 
they have Tony Dalton has done nothing. Like yeah. he hasn't done anything, and he is like the he's, most. He's the most entertaining actor in this show, and they have given him absolutely zero to work with. He's just a red herring. That's his entire existence. It is. Which? Oh my gosh. Which? Uh, you you didn't believe me, Jimmy, but I I had called it that Vera Farmingo was the villain. Yeah. Um. I do. I just. I don't care. I this show has not made me care about anything that's been going on. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know why they made it so complex. It's not that complex of a story. It the only reason it's getting that way is because of all the characters they're adding, and like. Echo, it seems like she could be interesting, and like her setup yes. was initially very interesting, but she's just like not in the show for the <laughs> for the majority of it. <laughs> I don't and, know why they didn't, they didn't choose to to focus on her. Like it, it just really seems like she's only there so that people will know her when her own show comes out. Pick an antagonist. Okay, pick one. Is it gonna be Echo? Is it gonna be Jack? Whatever his Jack last Duquesne name is. or whatever. Jack Duquesne. Is it gonna be Vera Farminga? Is it gonna be um, uh, uh, Kingpin? Yeah. Is it gonna be the um, Florence Pugh, Yelena, Romanoff, or whatever? Who is it gonna like? Pick one. You do not need five <laughs> in a show that is six episodes long. I also what I don't heck? I don't understand Yelena's role because she was like hired by Julia Louis Dreyfus in Black Widow, and now she's like, oh, I was hired by Vera Farminga. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, I I don't understand. I nor do I care. I, again, but then she just seems like she wants to kill. Hawkeye on her own fruition so it's like why yeah. does she need to be hired by somebody yeah that too I mean I guess if you're getting paid to do something something you like good for you <laughs> you never work a day in your life you're <laughs> killing people you want to murder that's what they say um, I, I, this show is just so poorly written I, I, I just it drives me insane I'm like they're just like, why why are we introducing more characters yeah there's been there's been absolutely zero focus. It's, I mean, the it's in- just like oh, let's throw all these ideas into a pot. And this, like you said, the story is not complicated. And I still like it. Still doesn't really make that much sense. No, like the Ronan. Oh, Kate Bishop was seen in the Ronan thing, so now I gotta protect her so she doesn't die. But who just if she just who cares? Like I just who cares? Yeah, I honestly I feel. This series, I, I understand they want to introduce Kate Bishop and stuff, but like, we never really got that much time with Hawkeye as Ronan. Maybe they should have just done a series as him with him as Ronan. But I know that that'd probably get too violent and dark for Disney Plus. I don't know. I just like I just don't care about I, I just don't care about any of the characters no. and they just keep introducing more and i'm like well you're not gonna make me care about any of them if you're focusing on them less well and like uh, the only and the only crux of this that intrigues me is kingpin coming back because he is in my opinion the best mcu villain but i don't i don't know what they're gonna do with him in this and it's especially since 
like there's going to be a bunch of people yourself included that haven't seen the Netflix series. Yeah. And like, I, I, I feel like they're going to try to make it so you don't need to, because I mean, the Netflix series are like R rated Netflix series. So I don't, I, I don't know. And also like part of Kingpin, Kingpin's charm in the Netflix series is how brutal and violent he can be. And he's not going to be that in this cause it's on Disney plus like <laughs> as much as I'm sure Vincent D'Onofrio will give a, a fine performance with what he's given. Like he did in the Netflix show. Cause he seems to really enjoy the role. I, I don't know. It's, I think uh, this show is entertaining enough. Like, I'm not really bored watching it. Yeah. I just don't. I'm just very apathetic about it. Yeah, like, it's this very passive viewing. This stuff is happening, but it just it just seems like a sequence of events is happening. It, like, I'm not on the edge of my seat at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I guess this is what happens next. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I did want to mention... I. The one thing I kind of liked about this episode, aside from the Kingpin reveal, was the intro part where we kind of saw the blip from, like, a person who was actually blipped. Like, we saw that in WandaVision, but we kind of, in this one, we got more of a, a sense of how it felt. Yeah, Cause, like, that was interesting. Because she, like, disappears, and then she immediately reforms, and, like, suddenly this house she's in, it's, like, painted a different color. And the person who was there initially, or lived there initially, was still living there, but it was just, like, well, five years had suddenly passed. And so that was cool. Um, got a, finally got confirmation whether or not she had been blipped or not, but that was the best part of the episode, and it was before the, the title credits even, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the biggest problem for this show for me is that I don't really like Kate Bishop. I think she's mm-hmm. just annoying and is causing things go worse. Than they yeah, are. I, I feel I, like I'm in Hawkeye's shoes where I'm like, just go away. You're just making <laughs> things worse. I've been trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because I'm like, oh, she's, I mean, she's teen, idolizes Hawkeye or whatever. But yeah, I'm kind of in that boat now. She's just kind of annoying. I think there's a lot of potential for a character. Yeah. But I just haven't, I, I have not gotten on board. And I seem, I feel like Haley Steinfeld would play her really well. I just, the writing isn't making her annoying. Yeah. Like, like a pest. The writing, rather than the writing, endearing character. The writing really is just the worst part of this show. I mean, that's also how it was with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. That's. These average Marvel series just need better writers. Get the get the Loki writers on board. <laughs> I, I'm just like honestly, outside of No Way Home, I think Marvel is in a lull right now. Yeah. After Endgame. Yeah. Like, this has been the worst. Fa- outside of No Way Home, which I think is very good, and we'll talk about it here. This has been the worst MCU run in a while, in my well, opinion. and like Shang Chi is good. Shang Chi is very good. Yeah. Yes, Shang Chi again. That's also good. I would. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not very like MCU y though. Like, yeah, it doesn't really tie into the like. But like, there's so much potential for and and Loki. I really like Loki too. But mm-hmm. you know, WandaVision was good. Didn't end great. Yeah, Falcon the Winter Soldier. Bleh. This bleh. Black Widow, bleh. Black Widow, bleh. Um, Eternals we liked better than most. Yeah, but um, it was. I mean, it still wasn't like. I don't know. 
far from home even i i, I like aspects i like certain sequences from that movie but i i don't think mcu wise it does anything all that interesting so i just like the the quality of the the average quality of what marvel has made has dipped i think. i i think the issue i don't know it's just they haven't found the right thing i mean i guess we can talk about it more with spider-man but they just haven't really found the thing to kick off and post Endgame like properly because Endgame was such a good finale and it was such like everyone loved that movie wrapped up so many different things and they just haven't found the juice to like keep it going yet quite yet well they seem to be torn in between are we going to set up the next big thing or are we going to try to just develop characters and see what people Mm -hmm. like and the sen- they just haven't they haven't I don't think they've decided on who the big bat is gonna be well, or, or something so I, I don't know we I, we ha- obviously we haven't seen the last episode of Hawkeye but my guess and I wouldn't mind this is like maybe Kingpin is more like a street level big bad for this phase of Marvel so like in the more like down to earth Marvel movies that aren't like galaxy crossing kind of stuff Kingpin's kind of like that villain. And then Kang is, like, the more, like, big, powerful big bad for this phase. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. But the problem is, is, like, a lot of these smaller movies have very big bads. Like, they have potential to be, be like, a Celestial could be the next big bad. But, mm-hmm. like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where Eternals is going. Yeah, there's just so many things being set up. And, it's, uh... Yeah. It's not like it's not messy like like the DC movies were when they were trying to be completely shared. It's not quite that bad, but it's just they need to focus more. I don't know. Or just and just make it good. Like I don't care. It, it <laughs> either make it, you know, I love it if it's super connected. I like it if it's super standalone. You just got to make it good though. I think that it's like they it's like they're trying to do both. It's like let's make it standalone, but then let's throw all these MCU elements into it and it's just taking away from the standalone aspect of it. I think their concern is they want, I don't know, 10 years, however long down the line is they want another end game. And they want, like, the satisfaction that Endgame gave audiences. And, like, so then people will come back, obviously, and see it multiple times. And so they're setting up all these plot threads that they can later resolve in some grand way. They'll become interconnected. But that's not how the MCU started. Like, the MCU was, you know, initially just started towards building towards the Avengers. Like, just pick one Mm -hmm. goal right now. (laughs) Well, I think that should be the goal is just to build to the next Avengers movie. Yeah, build another team but it's like it seems like they're already trying to set up that big like i don't know i don't know just pick an end goal in mind work us there in the best way possible but mm-hmm. we've had some mediocre showings from marvel lately yeah so we'll see we'll see anything anything else to say about hawkeye no nah, let's give her ratings I think this episode was fine. Six, six point five, I'd say. It yeah. wasn't bad. I mean, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, six and a half is probably good. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of average. Like most of the rest of these, but Ben, the third episode is still my favorite. But even that's still not like an would, excellent episode. Yeah. 
I would agree with that. That seemed like where they they might actually get into a character and and mm-hmm. with the echo and that part was interesting and then they just nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I liked I liked them playing the Mr. Grinch song when when with the Kingpin reveal. Oh yeah. But that, that was, was a that good was touch. Funny, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm I'm excited to see how Kingpin is, but that's literally my only interest in the series at this point. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, Holden. Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, Jimmy. So we went opening night to Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, very packed theater. By far the most packed theater we've been in since pandemic. Um which was very cool to see. And as uh, box office numbers are showing, it had the second biggest Friday of all time, not even just pandemic, of all time, just behind yeah. Endgame. Um, so audiences are flocking to see this movie. Honestly, might be the movie that saves cinemas because <laughs> we really <laughs> haven't had the kick in the pants uh, the, for uh, someone to, or a movie for people to finally go back to theaters yet. So this might be it. Um but we went we saw it i've actually seen it twice now i went last night again um but i guess we can give a a, give a brief synopsis uh spider-man uh it picks up immediately after no way home so uh he has been far from home far from (laughs) yeah right after far from home. this is gonna be very difficult (laughs) um so he's been revealed as as spider-man um, Peter Parker has been revealed as Spider-Man. People everywhere know him. There's a big controversy around him. Um, he tries to change the change the uh, like people like have people forget who he is, and then old villains start showing up. That's like what we can say because that's what's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I guess like so. Just like the in, yeah, so basic yeah his his whole life is ruined and not just his life but his friends like yeah mj and ned their lives are also ruined pretty much everybody he cares knowing. about yeah there's no more privacy he's just always in the spotlight half of the people like him half of the people hate him mm-hmm. he it's just ruining all the plans they had for life all all the main characters and everybody associated with spider-man yeah so he goes to Doctor Strange. He's like, hey, can you fix this? Can we make everybody forget? And, it, you know, nonsense ensues or whatever happens. Crazy things happen. And all of a sudden, these old Spider-Man villains start showing up from different universes. So they got to figure out what's going on and how to fix this problem. And yeah. maybe a little bit more than what meets the eye. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We're uh, not going to really talk about... We're, this is not going to be a long non-spoiler review, I can imagine, because it's yeah. hard to review this movie without going into spoilers. There is, yeah, there's a lot to spoil with this movie, um, but we can, we'll, we'll try a, for a little bit. Um, I mean, I loved this movie. I was, uh, I loved it. I kind of expressed that to you after we saw this. Um, I, I was very eager to see it a second time. I think it held up i mean the second time i liked it just as much if not maybe even a little more um it is my favorite i I think it's both of our favorites out of the homecoming trilogy oh i think it's easily the best yeah um 
it's it, it's just a really good movie it is more than just nostalgia bait which is kind of what I, I mean apprehensive going into this i was like oh is it just gonna be you know oh i remember that villain you know <laughs> i remember for Doc, five minutes that was the big scare was like are they just gonna make these cameos for five mm-hmm. minutes or for a fight and at but the end or what no it's not there is okay. a larger purpose to all this and it is it's very it services the movie very well I I just think it it was excellent. I, I I can't talk about my favorite parts without getting into spoilers, but it is uh it was just so cool. And like it probably the, I th- I think it's Tom Holland's best performance to date even outside of the MCU. As he was fantastic in this. I would I think I agree with that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a performance where I thought he was better. I think uh it, this is really Spider-Man grows up in this mm-hmm. one. So if yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man's just it's a kid. He's kind of just, it's a very light homecoming and far from home or have a lot of levity. Um, a lot of like MCU influence. This is, this one is when you really get to explore who, what, it, what does it mean to be Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. What, like, what does that entail? And, it's just really cool how they explore that. And, that, and like I told Holden after after uh, we watched this, I think if you compare the, the Sam Raimi movies to the, the was John Watts who does these? The, the, the yeah. Homecoming trilogy or whatever you want to call it. I, the Raimi movies, just each one of them has like a soul. It has a heart to it that it's really, it's like an intangible thing, but it's definitely there and, Maybe I have some nostalgia tied in with it, but I think there's just more of a core Mm -hmm. theme to those. Not that there aren't themes to Far From Home and and Homecoming, but it's just like there just seems to be greater depth in those movies, Yeah, more mature. And I think this is the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie where you're actually like, okay, we have that heart. We have the soul. We have the... You are actually going to be invested in these characters and what they're going through and... Well, and, and how this all plays out. My, I mean, my appreciation from the previous Tom Holland Spider-Man movies largely comes from his performance as Spider-Man. Because I, I, though, yes, uh, the the Raimi movies do go a bit, or had previously gone a bit darker and had some more mature subject matter and whatnot. It's just Tom Holland's performance matches what I think of as Spider-Man, and yes. and this just cements it because now he's kind of like well he's he's already shown us like the the awkward high school you know young angle and now he's evolved past that and so we we're now getting both angles of spider-man from this one person which we've never really gotten before because Raimi's movie is I feel like we're always a little I mean I say this a little more mature kind of I guess and then uh, maybe even Andrew Garfield's movies. I don't know. We never really got both angles very well in the other two uh, sets, the other two Spider-Men, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, all three of the, I want to say trilogies, but rip Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> All three of the Spider-Man universes that we have in live action have their own strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think, yeah, the No, no Way Home blended all all the themes from each one of those 
and the character ideas really well. And yeah, I think especially with that, the inclusion of those villains, it really helped. I think what the th- <laughs> the thing that makes it very apparent in this movie is that the Raimi villains from Spider-Man One and Two are so good, <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. Willem Dafoe as as Norman Osborn slash the mm-hmm. Green Goblin and Alfred Molina as as Otto Octavius slash so Doc good. Oc. I mean, those guys just they're they're so they're tragic and you want to root for them and and they work so well in this movie and and the way they use them to explore what it means to be spider-man is really creative i mean it it adds that depth and the relationship that uh peter parker tom holland has with his friends in this movie i think is really good his his chemistry with zendaya i thought was fantastic in this movie it helps that they are definitely dating in real life (laughs) they are yeah i'm pretty sure they are okay but yeah no they're they're really great together very good um but uh yeah i just this this movie it it's got the mcu levity to it at times where it's like i don't think we needed a joke right there but um, it, it when it, it it didn't have that as much as I thought, and specifically in a couple parts in the movie, it did not resort. It, like the common criticism of of these MCU movies is they'll have like a serious moment and then it's punctuated with a joke, and I feel like a couple of the bigger serious moments in this movie they don't do that, which is nice. Um, one thing I will say, and. I think this is I didn't realize it when I was watching it but when I I did watch Chris Stuckman's review afterwards he kind of talked about the editing a little bit and I'm like yes now that you say that this movie is edited weirdly or not not super effectively in a couple parts where it could have been edited a little bit better I think in just terms of how certain scenes play out but overall it it hits yeah I think it's it's probably the most um visually interesting out of the homecoming movies too like i i wouldn't say it, there's per, any it doesn't have like a unique style necessarily but there's some like there's some like long takes in this movie and some like really cool ways they filmed some of the action scenes and whatnot and i i would agree with that outside of the mysterio kind of illusion scene from far from home oh yeah that's true that's which true. i think yeah which probably is very be the good. best but outside of that, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, boy, uh, Michael Giacchino's score, good. I yeah, it was honestly I liked it even more the second time. I mean, the main the MCU Spider-Man theme's pretty good, but like that whole the whole piece that plays with obviously without spoilers during like the very end of the climax is really good. I might have to search up that piece and save it. Yeah. Um, other things that we should or need to talk about non-spoiler-wise, I would say this movie is among the three best Spider-Man movies, which I would say are mm-hmm. Sp- Spider-Man 2, Into the Spider-Verse, and then No Way Home yeah. are the top three. In no particular order. I think you could arrange those. And then honorable mention, I would say Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2002. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, on the like as the fourth Mm -hmm. um i don't know i i would say it's definitely in the the top three spider-man movies of all time no i would i definitely agree so i'm just i'm so glad that this i could i could not imagine the what ifs we would have 
well, no pun intended for <laughs> Marvel. If the Spider-Man deal fell through and this movie never materialized, I just oh cannot. In hearing all the leaks of what was plan- they were planning on doing and the what could have beens that would have haunted us for our entire lives had they not <laughs> made this movie. It's um, yeah, and it's great to have this movie that everyone seems united to love. Like I don't know anyone who has not liked this movie, and I think. Um, like the user reviews online have been like near universal acclaim. Like it, it just everyone's flocking to see this movie. Everyone's loving it. It's the one thing we can agree on <laughs> is that this movie's very good. It's it's just a a nice feeling. And I would say that you know it if this was to be like Tom Holland's like I don't know if we're gonna make another Spider Man movie after this with me. Um. I, this is like a it could be an ending it could really be an could. ending i don't i wouldn't personally be satisfied but it is it, it would work um yes let's see is there anything else i wanted to say uh yeah you gotta i mean you gotta see this movie you just you gotta see it you gotta and see if it. you haven't have it spoiled <laughs> for you, you gotta go see it you it, just gotta see this movie I, like, don't, I don't know what to say i like even if you're not a big mcu person you're somewhat of a spider-man fan you gotta you just have to see this movie if you like either of the other like spider-man movie universes you need to see it because like it's not really a spoiler but these movies like the villains show up pretty early on like it's not like they're even towards the end so you get a lot of these villains in this movie so if you like the other universes you'll you'll get quite a lot to work with here yeah all right, Alden. Uh, should we should we give ratings? Uh, yeah, sure. What do you give it? I'm gonna go. I'm 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 torn between an eight and a half and a nine. So I'll do the point two things. Well, I'll go eight point <laughs> seven. I'm gonna go with a nine. I think I was probably I was probably initially closer to an eight point five, but I think on second watch I'm at a nine. It. I will say that it has gotten better the more I've thought about it, which mm-hmm. is the reverse is true of the other homecoming movies i would say i would say i enjoyed them more the first time i saw it and less afterwards sure i think the opposite is true for this and i think that's a sign that it is a really solid movie and a very fun movie to watch so shall we dive into spoilers yeah let's do it oh i cannot wait So, spoilers for this movie. Um, Marvel's worst kept secret in the entire world <laughs> is the uh, is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield do show up. Yes. Um, and not for an insignificant amount of time either. They are in it a lot more than I expected. I kind of expected them to like swing in during the final battle or something. That's that's what I thought the the extent of it was going to be but they get quite a bit of screen time actually i loved it it yeah. was just it was as soon as ned opens that portal i'm like that's andrew garfield spider-man i don't i don't know when you realized it but I, it, I it took soon, me a bit it was it wasn't until he was like hopping through the portal i, I could tell like cause i could tell that you weren't like you didn't perk up at all i was like oh <laughs> well <laughs> i should have noticed because like his suits like i bits are like bigger so i should have noticed but yeah still very cool um Um, 
and then obviously when Toby comes through, that was also very good. I think it was smart putting Andrew Garfield first since he's like probably the least liked one. Peter number three. He's Peter number three. <laughs> and so it, it, he gets his own applause because he's the first one revealed. And then, of course, Toby. Everyone loves Toby. So he comes through and another it's cheer from the audience. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> a hip youth pastor, as Andrew Garfield calls him. Yeah. Um, that was a great line. It was good. Um, I okay. So I do like Tobey Maguire's movies more, and I like his Peter Parker more. But honestly, Andrew Garfield, I think, was the scene stealer out of the two for me. Because, they both were. I, well, I they, were, they yeah, were both, both very good. I, I, I guess I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't pit them against each other, <laughs> but. But I, I I think I was just most surprised by Andrew Garfield since I never I mean I never liked his movies really, but he's like he's such a good actor like in actuality especially after seeing like Tick Tick Boom and everything he is a great actor and I think he really is able to shine more in this one where the writing isn't as bad. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Silence? Uh no, I want to see. That's it. probably his best performance. Okay. Over at Hacksaw Ridge, I would say. Um, I don't know, yeah, man. It's really I, uh, good in Tick, Tick, Boom, too. You need to see that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought... I thought... Um, I don't know. It. He. If he and Toby had split time, it seemed like he he stole it, the seat. He stole the scene more often. Because I, I felt like, man, I wish we could have had more wise man Toby. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. And... and the great thing about it is that it wasn't fan service for the sake of fan service. It was integrated into the plot, mm-hmm. into the themes. What does it mean to be Spider-Man? And them teaching Tom Holland and being the example for him. Like, here's the mistakes that we made. And them just learning from each other. Them being like, how do you do that? When he just shoots the web out of his wrist. You guys can't do that. <laughs> that was great. I was I was waiting for that. I actually thought it was going to happen when he initially, like webs andrew garfield's web shooters when they first meet each other i thought they were gonna be like did you just shoot that out of your arm (laughs) but it was kind of nice that all three of them got to interact with that scene but yeah i just they were great and i i have always liked andrew garfield as spider-man i i liked the amazing spider-man quite a bit when it first came out and i just beyond disappointed <laughs> angry when spider <laughs> amazing spider-man 2 came out i was like they took something that had so much potential and they just threw it down the drain i think um they one of the things they did really good with both of them is they gave them both i mean toby Maguire didn't eat it as much so they didn't do it as much with him but they gave them both some more closure with some stuff like it obviously we're never gonna get i mean no matter how much you fan petition, we're not going to get Spider-Man 4, no. <laughs> Tobey Maguire. We're not going to get Amazing Spider-Man 3 if anyone actually wants that. But we're, I mean, you you have Andrew Garfield who has the great redemptive moment of catching MJ, which... Which I'm so frustrated they telegraphed that in the trailer. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, like, because as soon as you saw that in the trailer, you're like, well, Andrew Garfield's in the suit, he's going to come save her. Yeah. Like, it... So it took away that moment, but even after he catches her and he's just like, you could just see him break down. Yeah. Was it was a great. powerful moment nonetheless. And I mean, and then you have, you know, Toby gets to, you know, 
talk to a redeemed doc dr otto octavius and that was good scene and yeah it's just i mean some great little moments that don't it don't necessarily like conclude them but it 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 resolves some stuff yeah i just yeah i mean them just hang around in the lab and crack on each other's back and that's good (laughs) just um and I like, yeah, Andrew Garfield, definitely. He's like, he's got some emotional scars, like just deep regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's learned from them and he's still Spider-Man. And, and Toby, like everything that we saw him go through in the Sam Raimi movies and how he just has this work-life balance kind of down <laughs> with Mary Jane um, and just being able to teach that to to Tom Holland. Yeah. It was really nice. It was nice. Yeah, they they were able to bring their own experiences and help Tom with his. Because I think, kind of pivoting to Tom Tom Holland's stuff, what I, I hadn't really thought about this until after, like, the, the cool, how cool and unique it is to, like, I mean, we never really heard about Uncle Ben in the MCU, and whether or not this was planned or not, now we kind of have an explanation, and it's because that wasn't really as pivotal to him as it was for the others. Like, no, it... for for what Uncle Ben's death served for, like Toby Maguire is what Aunt May's death in this served. Yeah, and which I thought was a a nice touch. It was a nice touch, and it, it makes it it makes it more unique because it's like out of order from what you typically think. We've had this Spider-Man that has essentially had these powers and been kind of just naive and everything this whole time, and now he has this Uncle Ben moment, like it, while he's already in his career as Spider-Man. Well, I think I think uh, Jeremy Johns had said it in his review was that the, the whole Homecoming trilogy is the all one big origin story for Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think that's a pretty good argument to make because mm-hmm. it really does feel like he comes of age in this one that he's now actually Spider-Man. He's not well, just a kid with Spider-Man powers. He's actually Spider-Man. Cause, yeah, because I mean, I guess in like both of those movies, he's faced villains that are personal to him but he's just like he's too naive and then there's like negative consequences when he like doesn't have a more permanent solution to taking care of those villains like Mysterio I mean obviously ruined his life and Vulture kind of traumatized him and then his his then crush moved away and everything and it, it was it's been a lot for him and then now you have the breaking point which is green goblin killing aunt may and yeah i can see i can see that what what you're saying definitely i thought that scene played out a little awkwardly though like how she was still alive yeah okay i thought that was i i almost feel like that could have been said before i think she just didn't need to get up like (laughs) I do. Too. Like, like Spider-Man could have just gone over to her. She could have been alive for a little bit and just said her, you know, with great power comes great responsibility bit. And yeah, it just seemed weirdly paced that yeah. scene. I, I just that that it was like, I because like, oh, she's going to die. And then she didn't die. I'm like, oh, she's not going to die. But then she did die. As my friend After who I saw it with last away. night said, he's like, well, as soon as she said, with great power comes great responsibility, it was, <laughs> you knew she was going to be dead. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, I wouldn't have minded just saying that a little bit earlier, too. Yeah. In the 
I don't know, in some other scene. No. Um, yeah, uh, Norman Osborn. I got, could have taken even more Willem Dafoe. I loved him as like scene, good man Norman. Yeah, scene stealer. I mean, I, I've always kind of preferred Doc Ock in the Raimi trilogy myself, but I think I mean he stole the show in this movie even even more than Doc Ock did. Um, well, I like how Doc Ock was just a good guy, basically. In t- when he get the ch- when he gets the chip in him, yeah, like, oh. yeah. We gotta be a good guy, and he's a good guy at the end too. He's like the one villain who doesn't revert mm-hmm. to being a, a villain. And uh, Willem Dafoe, I just love how he's just like I felt so bad for me. He's like I, w- I woke up here and there's no Oscorp. My son is gone. I someone's I living in my like, house. Someone's living in my house. Yeah, he's destroyed the goblin suit, and he just has nowhere to go. And he's like spider-man like it's like what is happening like he went from being like on top of the world to just an absolute nobody seeking help yeah and you know he has this i'm somewhat of a scientist myself line <laughs> which was, was really great. funny which <laughs> was great um <laughs> that was definitely just blatant fan service oh, yeah that's a who yeah. cares that's hilarious it worked <laughs> um they got they can get away with it because they they used fan service, but it was integrated into the plot and themes of the story. In a way, I don't think fans like. I don't think anybody has integrated f- such a level of fan service at this l- effective of a. High, what am I trying to say here? The yeah. level of fan service, which is incredible, mm-hmm. is also leveled out by the the level of how effectively it was used to convey the themes and plot of the movie. hundred percent. And like, I, I, we mentioned it after the movie too, like the fact that they had like, so many villains and it worked like it, it like, you know, Spider-Man. It, well, it worked because they had their own movies already. Yeah. Yeah, kind for of. sure. But it, it was, it still was just amazing to me because I five villains in this movie. And with I mean, that sure, being said, you do not need Sandman. You do not need the lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I do want to get back to Willem Dafoe, but I, while we're on it, uh, I do not understand Sandman in this movie. He's like, I got to get back to my daughter. Like, well, I understand that motivation, but like, he, so he's on, like, I like when he first appeared, he's helping Spider-Man because, you know, in the, in he redeems himself in Spider-Man three. So that's cool. But then he just like, turns bad i don't understand like i assume his thought process or the writer's thought process is okay he's with them because he just wants to get back as soon as possible to the universe but they they don't necessarily want to go back like electro doesn't want to go back i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't get it and like there's even a line which confused me even more during the during the end fight where he says He's like Sandman says something about wanting to go back, and then Electra says, "We're not going back." But Sandman's still on on their side. I yeah. don't. It didn't make any sense to me. He sh- he should not have been in this movie. Lizard should not have been in this movie. I I understand they wanted to have two from Andrew Garfield, but should have had Paul Giamatti as Rhino instead. <laughs> <laughs> Or the gross uh, crackhead Green Goblin. 
Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> Willem Dafoe just kills him. <laughs> that would have been pretty good, actually. I'm the real goblin here. Yeah. I mean, I... I lizard. I didn't mind lizard being in it. He didn't really add or take away anything. anything. Yeah, I mean, it was the the main thing that I thought the whole time was like, oh, he's just a lot less powerful than these other villains, huh? He's just kind of a lizard man. And his <laughs> design is still pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Even with modern CGI, just still looking like a Goomba from the Super Mario Bros. movies, but. Uh, I I would st- I stand by that neither of those characters need to be in this movie and probably should not have been yeah. in this movie because they I mean, did not add anything. Yeah. I I wish they would have implemented Sandman better because I do like Sandman, but I agree. Does not need to be in this movie. And he was confusing. Yeah, and so confusing. I that would probably be my biggest like flaw, which is still even it didn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Um other than some of the moments just the way they executed them was weird but i thought the writing was excellent yeah as the movie i mean it got better as it went on too well and i going back to willem dafoe just like all of his moments were so good i mean he he's he's a villain if you're watching this i mean you shouldn't be watching this without seeing the raimi movies but you wouldn't get a lot out of him or out really out of any of these villains if you haven't seen those old movies but just more Willem Dafoe Green Goblin. It's always good, always good, and he's his performance is. I mean, there's the one scene in the building uh, where when he first you know turns evil and they're they're right before Aunt May gets killed. And Spider Man, that Spider Man, that, that Spider sense is really something. Well, and Spider Man's when they're fighting and Spider Man's just punching him and he's just laughing. I was like, damn. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. It was almost like Joker. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Did feel like um, that. Just the madness of the goblin. And the end fight is between them is so good. Just Spider-Man going and <laughs> bananas on it. <laughs> and then Toby just gets stabbed. He's like, I'm pretty used to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, did well, they just kill Toby? I think uh, the... I, I mean, I the whole bit with spy like tom like he's actually going to kill green goblin like you see it in his eyes he literally does the motion to bring the the glider down on him and toby saves him that was just it was this i feel like this is the darkest the mcu has ever gotten like even though you know infinity war had half the population go away and endgame you know had some of the repercussions of that this just felt more raw like felt just way more dark and emotional than anything else the ending of this movie was phenomenal Mm -hmm. because you have that moment where it's very much like the dark knight where the i mean yes the multiverse is a problem and all these millions of villains are looking for peter parker the world is gonna end all that the multiverse is ripping apart that's super high but you have the battle for Spider-Man's soul mm-hmm. going on. Where it, very similarly at the end of the Dark Knight, you have the battle for the soul of Gotham City and the Batman. What are they? Who are they going to be? Yeah. When they're pushed to their absolute limits, and that's the real key conflict of everything. And that battle uh, is seen in how he lost. I mean, he was gonna do it mm-hmm. until Toby stops him, and. 
just them hugging at the end was oh so good and i yeah i i honestly thought toby was gonna die because he got stabbed i was like and it was played like oh he's he sacrificed himself to help this villain i i almost i I think it would have been really ballsy to do that because i feel like it would have then added an extra layer of like so green goblin also killed toby and but toby sacrificed himself to save so then tom has this conflict but i mean i guess it's also good to just not see toby mcguire die so (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad they had that moment yeah yeah it was good he gets to go back to mary jane and she gets to go say go get him tiger yeah (laughs) um uh wait does she say that then because the because no, I'm I'm saying that oh. Toby's Spider-Man. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. Okay. Kirsten yeah. Kirsten Dunn's. Yeah. Um but then he finds out she's married to Jesse Plemons. <laughs> <laughs> um bring Jesse Plemons in for a Spider-Man villain. Is Jesse Plemons in the MCU yet? No, I don't think so. We got to make that happen. <laughs> that's by 2030 this needs to happen. Um and then you have the gut punch of the ending where he has to he chooses to have everybody forget him Mm -hmm. he sacrifices everything that all the luxuries that he had of the tony stark relationship his friendship his girlfriend and um being an avenger all that stuff Mm -hmm. that some people didn't like about tom holland spider-man he gave he he sacrificed all that Mm mm-hmm and to be the basically spider-man to peter parker just broke has nothing going for him and that scene where he goes and gets the coffee from mj at the end and she just has no idea who he is that like uh, it is a it's a sucker it's, punch man because well, i think the chemistry is so good yeah the movie. they're they're goodbye like, to each other is so good and when she just like i don't want to do that like First off, I thought, like, what happened to the whole we need to counsel each other before we make a decision about everybody's fate sort of mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> like, you didn't go and tell them that, hey, this is should we do this? But just their acting in that scene, and like you said, the score was really good. and ve- Like, just it really lands, I think. And, and it's such a bittersweet ending. Like, he just, like, he he grows into spider-man mm-hmm. at such a huge cost he sacrifices everything he's completely alone he has to kind of invent his new identity as the friendly neighborhood spider-man and it he has to finish high school online to- <laughs> yeah that ged book or whatever yeah it um it's a very interesting setup because they could go anywhere from here. They could go all the way back to integrating him into the MCU and the Avengers, or they could just go the complete standalone route. Mm-hmm. And and same with you know, is it gonna be? Is he gonna be with Zendaya again? MJ is that they could pick that back up. They could leave it. Is he gonna be friends with Ned again? They could pick it up and leave it because I mean they're they're gonna be in Boston. So yeah, I almost think that that's done now we'll see but uh yeah i don't know i just i thought the ending was so good and it hurt like it was it was hard to watch that ending yeah it was it, it reminded me of the la la land ending in a way where you're like god dang it it is it's a gut punch but it's also just so good and so 
thematically resonant with the rest of the movie that it, it works so well. Um, it's not what you wanted to happen. No, but it's no. what what should have happened for the sake of the character growth mm-hmm. development. And I think that's why it 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 really is such a bold thing for them to do, honestly. Like to just say, you know, we might just not do anything more with these characters. Uh yeah. I don't know, we'll see. I the the one thing that makes me think they'll come back is like I mean, Ned had that whole setup that he's magic now. So I'm like, well, is that is that will that pay off at some point? But I think it already has though. Yeah, maybe like he made the portals, got the other Spider Man in and Yeah. It was it was heartbreaking. Um, I think it was funny that Doctor Strange was just annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, aside from like the ending, it was mostly just an inconvenience for him. (laughs) He's just annoyed. Um, Um, We haven't even talked about the sequence where they're in the mirror dimension. Yeah. Which was great. That was awesome. Yeah. It's, I always, I think the mirror dimension is just very, very fun. It was fun in the original Doctor Strange and it was just cool. I, I loved how, like Doctor Strange was like messing with his webs and portals and stuff and he like he like shot a web up to the building but he ended <laughs> up webbing himself in the foot through the portal. Yeah. Like all that stuff was really cool. It's I as much as you know people do like to complain about Spider-Man um crossing over with other things in this universe. I stand by the fact that we've had we've had standalone Spider-Man before and having him cross over with other heroes is is a com it's a thing that happens all the time in his comics. He probably has teamed up with more heroes than any other superhero. And this I mean you have the prime opportunity to do it. Yeah. So yeah, with the MCU <laughs> at where it's at. And um that's I really liked it. It was refreshing. It was different. And I don't know, like, they might not continue that thread. He just might not be in the Avengers anymore. We'll see. It's It really could go anywhere. I mean, it, it would seem weird to me if Marvel's still attached, if he just does not do anything with them anymore. Like, I, it, I mean, I feel like then, I mean, I guess Marvel still wants the money, right? But... <laughs> Like from a, it would seem weird to me that it would be an MCU movie and he's just not involved with anything else. We'll see though. Yeah, I don't know. There, it could go any way, which is how they wrote themselves into a place where they could do that. Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what to expect. Um, um, let's see. Uh, we should maybe talk about post-credit stuff now. Yeah. Oh, I want. I did not mention Matt Murdock being in this. Oh yeah, we got to talk about which this. was. Yeah, I thought that was going to be one of the first things we mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got so into the the later stuff, but it it happens at the beginning of the movie. Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, aka uh, Matt Murdock, is also Daredevil, um, but he was the Daredevil in the Netflix show. So just another connection after Kingpin and Hawkeye of those series coming over at least at least daredevil coming over um they, but and they did it like the same day yeah it was <laughs> like the, the same like day. within 24 hours <laughs> they both were confirmed to be in the mcu um that was pretty cool i even me i haven't seen it and him catching the brick that was pretty yeah cool. i'm a really uh, good lawyer just that is just <laughs> I'm a, that was a good line i forgot about that <laughs> how'd you do that i'm a really good lawyer uh that is blatant fan service. Oh, though. yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> no service of the plot. And just 
you're you like this when here you go i mean it's which it, it was cool though. it's it's nice because i mean once again connecting to the comics like it seems like matt murdoch re- like represents every like superhero that has to have a court case or anything in in the marvel comics and so makes sense that he's also the lawyer in this but yeah that it just blatant fan service um but yeah we can get into the the post credits stuff then um so the mid credits scene is the payoff to the venom post credits scene <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Which so Tom Hall or Tom Hardy, Tom H. <laughs> uh, he uh, just he's trying to process the MCU, and he's like, "Wait, there's a Tin Man who's a billionaire, and then he died." There's a big purple man who likes rocks. <laughs> Aliens don't like rocks; they like eating people. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> that, that um, great post-credit scene because he just goes back and then there's a little <laughs> bit of symbiote so maybe tom holland and him don't have to share a screen together well we can it, only hope my only the only thing with that is they're obvious i mean i don't think i've even meant i don't think we ever mentioned this in um in tom's but they have confirmed they're making venom 3 and so there's still going to be these venom movies with tom hardy but we're also going to get venom in the mcu like for yes obviously absolutely i love it <laughs> well Let's i mean do that. okay do not connect for that. me and you who are like like we keep up to date on this stuff and know a lot of it like obviously that's fine we don't mind but for a general audience is that just going to be confusing who cares holden it's great <laughs> okay don't question it i don't want tom hardy to to ruin a tom holland spider-man movie yeah and I don't want Tom Tom Holland to improve a Tom Hardy Spider-Man movie <laughs> or Venom. He already did. That post-credit scene of Venom Two was like yeah. the most entertaining uh, part. Doesn't make sense. How did he get there? He doesn't know who Peter Parker yeah. is. Yeah, and then he just goes away. Doesn't make any sense. Who cares? He's gone. <laughs> Broke off. This is not the Tom's. Second post-credit scene. Holden is just a little teaser for Doctor Strange: Multiverse Madness. Looks cool. Yeah, lots of. Wanda, what are you up to? She's like, I knew I made some mistakes in Westview or whatever it's called. And he's like, well, I don't, I'm, like, I don't I, care. I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not like, wait, like you're saying that for the audience. I'm not the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> like the South Park stuff, which we could have talked about, but Olden didn't remember. Just kidding. We don't need to talk about it. It was uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really remember all that much about the st- multiverse um there's the the squid guy who is rumored to be in it shomagoroth or whatever i don't i don't even i don't know much about him um evil doctor strange who might evil doctor strange who might be the one from what if if it is then what if is more important to the mcu than i thought but I have not seen that episode. That's, so. It's the best episode. So if if you're only if you're wanting to prep for that and you watch that one episode, it is it's worth a watch. There we go. Um, but uh, Mordo um, is in it. Who I I always forget about as a character from the original. He like turned bad at the end or whatever. Rachel McAdams is in it. Um, oh, there's that uh, like America. Uh, Travera, I can't remember what the character's name is. Some, she's like the the young female Captain America who takes over. I can't remember. She was in the trailer briefly, but okay. <laughs> uh, we'll see. 
I I I thought it was looked good, but I don't really remember that much yeah. about it. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, I guess. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> With all these reshoots, we'll maybe find out one day. America um, Chavez, that's her name. Her name her superhero name is Miss America. I like America Travera better though. <laughs> Travera. <laughs> Whatever you said. I don't remember. I kind of just muffled some words because I wasn't sure. Um, I do want to say before I forget, I did like the um, the little how they played the theme of each Spider-Man series. Yeah, so Toby. Got well, his I don't know the Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield one, so I did. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I didn't pick up on that one, but I did pick up on the Danny Elfman, uh, boom, 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 boom. Ben Raimi one, or Sam Raimi. I said Ben Raimi. <laughs> ben Raimi. Uh, the Danny Elfman Spider-Man theme is great. Yeah. One of Danny Elfman's best scores. Yeah, honestly. good score. I agree. Uh, anything else to um, say about No Way Home? I, I had forgotten about this until the second time, but the scene where, like, at the beginning of the movie where Aunt May walks in on Zendaya and Tom Holland, that's pretty funny. It's like, yeah. Practice Tom Holland's sense. jacked, man. He is jacked. He doesn't really look like it when he's just normally dressed but and that scene started that. like a, a long one take too which was pretty mm-hmm. fun you start taking the clothes off things start heating up around tom holland that's all i gotta say <laughs> <laughs> um i, I had yeah. i had, the second time i watched this movie i had a heated theater seat i had to turn it off in the tom holland scene yeah it's too hot yeah um, um I don't know i feel i feel like we're missing something that we're gonna be oh jay jonah jameson isn't it some not in it that much not it not enough i mean he was enjoyable when he was in it but not enough i also he didn't really like interact with any of the other main cast no which was disappointing i would i mean he talked to spider-man over the phone or whatever but i would have liked more of that he's not he's not as well integrated as sam raimi spider-man no no um I still I like the Raimi version better. Yeah, I, you know I get it's he's like it's like a parody of Infowars and Alex Jones, but I don't. I wish it was kind of just the more typical J Jonah J in the Bugle, <laughs> with that's just kind of a a bigger newspaper of New York. But we'll see. Just a meme guy. Think you think Tom Holland become a photographer? Um. He hasn't really expressed that, um, or that P- this Peter hasn't really expressed that interest. So n- no, aside from when he filmed the uh, the Civil War fight scene or whatever. Yeah. But. All right. Anything? Anything else, Holden? No, I don't Going think once. so. Don't think so. Going twice. Sold. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? That was a long discussion of Spider-Man. Well, how are we not going to have a long discussion? That's that true. That's true. Um, So this week, I really haven't watched a ton, aside from I rewatched the first Matrix um and watched matrix reloaded haven't watched the third one yet otherwise we would have done a review of all three this week um which we'll do next week with matrix resurrections because i did watch all three of them spoiler for my side of what are you doing yeah 
Yeah. Um, we will get into all. What do we like about the Matrix movies? What are the shortcomings? What do we think of the sequels? The controversial sequels that maybe they're better than people give them credit for. Um, we maybe uh, have a hot take. <laughs> And we may. Which one do we like the best? It might surprise. It might you. not be the first one. And uh, with and then we, hopefully we can play that Unreal Engine demo too. Yeah, we, yeah. I downloaded not to that. Just, not to just flex on everybody, but we both have PlayStation Five. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, um, watched those. The other movie I watched was in prep for No Way Home. I did rewatch Spider Man Three. I should actually mention this in the in the No Way Home review, but. The only one I watched was Spider-Man 3, because I've seen the first two Raimi ones, I feel like, within the last couple of years. I haven't seen three in, like, ten years, and I didn't really want to rewatch the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, You're probably better off rewatching the Amazing Spider-Man movies than Probably. I kind of just watched... I watched, like, a video of a YouTuber I like who talked about him, and I was like, okay, I'm caught up. But um, Spider-Man 3, not as bad as people may have initially given credit i think people in general are liking it more now though so i I don't think it's too controversial to say it's not that bad but it's also very messy like it is i think there i probably noticed the like messiness of it more even this time but way too much crammed into that movie oh yeah studio (laughs) interference yeah Venom did not need to be in that movie. Sandman should have been <laughs> integrated better into the story. But he is probably also the best villain in that movie. Um, also, very funny movie. That's I didn't realize how many of the Raimi, like, Spider-Man memes came from that. Uh, even though I had, I obviously, like, emo Peter Parker, all that stuff I knew was from that. But there's... <laughs> Bully Maguire. Bully Maguire. I love the... My fa- favorite line of many is the, I'm going to put dirt in your eye. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> Which, in context, still doesn't make any sense. He says it like when he's... I don't he, even remember that. He he says it like he's Bully Maguire at this point, but he it's like when he sees the photo of Spider-Man taken by Eddie Brock in the Daily Bugle, and he can tell it's like fabricated or whatever, and he's... He's just looking at the newspaper, and he just says, I'm going to put dirt in your eye. <laughs> Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard. How, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Dallas Howard. Is Gwen Stacy, who was in it more than I remembered. I I actually thought she was only in, like, one scene in the original. And then the old man from uh, Babe, from the Babe Pig movies is uh, Gwen Stacy's dad. Okay, I I have not seen Babe in a hot minute. I liked that movie a lot fifteen years ago. Watch uh, <laughs> Babe Pig I, in the City. It's yeah, better. I gotta see it. I, I it's on one of the streaming services, HBO maybe. It's Pig in the City is worth it, man. What a wild ride. George Miller, <laughs> George Miller directed it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then aside from that, I. Finally, I platinum trophied Final Fantasy, finally. So I'm off of that. I beat the DLC, like, PS5 exclusive thing for that as well. Um, so I'm off of that. But I'm also, like, a week away from Christmas. So I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not sure, because I'm if I get a game for Christmas, I will want to play that right away. So I'm currently trying to finally beat Jack and Daxter 1. Because I got okay. it when I pre-ordered Uncharted: The Lost Legacy from GameStop, so I just have it on my PS on my PlayStation account. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll uh, 
I'll finally play this and beat it. And I think platinum trophying it is not very difficult. So I think I'll be able to do it this week. Nice. But um, in terms of TV, what was it? I oh, I watched the the new iCarly. <laughs> I don't remember. What was that? It was. If you like the original iCarly, I feel like you'll like this. It, it. If you, it's, it's cool because it like grew up with its audience. So it's not like, it's not like super adult or anything. But they're not afraid to drop a swear here or there. You know, it's, they occasionally say some some more stuff they wouldn't say on Nickelodeon. Miranda Cosgrove fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do not know what what she did in between iCarly and iCarly, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but it very. I mean, it, it's it's a nice throwback. I I loved the original iCarly series when I was a kid. So and the guy who plays Spencer has not a no. He looks so good. <laughs> like he looks the same. He's also, he is still probably the best part of this show. He, he's now like a super successful artist like at some <laughs> point in between the shows he's he like his art really took off and so that's pretty fun um now it actually explains how they can afford that apartment in seattle because he, yeah. he's, he's rich now um yeah but um i can't remember beyond that with shows i've been watching yeah I, I think i'm probably gonna hop back on legion i took a break when cowboy bebop came out and i've just been kind of hopping between short series since then but i want to get back to legion so I'll probably do that this week what about you jimmy what have you what have you been watching well basically the matrix movies i would <laughs> say um i have not played any more of death loop actually just because it just didn't work out timing wise this week so sure. i i will pl- hopefully get to play that and it hopefully beat around the winter break time depending on what i'm doing uh, i am honestly surprised you have managed to watch the matrix movies i because i we hadn't really been talking about watching them and then the, I, the new one was coming out i'm like is jimmy gonna is jimmy gonna finish them before then i thought about just rewatching the first one but i was like i gotta get i gotta i gotta watch them and boy am i glad i did because i i mean spoiler for our discussion next week not for the movies themselves but i think they are decent movies and then this yeah i won't say any more than yeah i not as bad as people may have initially thought i think they are definitely worth watching and they were just made in that like to me like the golden era of of filmmaking where like half the stuff was done practically and half of it was done with cgi and like lord of the rings it was just like everything was being thrown out the wall too (laughs) yeah and they were like any any idea and it was still film. It wasn't all digital. I just, I loved it. I, I mean, I mean, I just love that style of filmmaking. And um, Adam Savage of MythBusters fame, oh, was actually on Corridor Crew, the VFX artist react, mm-hmm. which is that new I, Corridor Crew. I'm telling you, if you're not watching this YouTube channel, I'm you watching like them, dude. You don't have to, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> They're great. I haven't watched this the most, one though. He's on the most recent one, and he he um, before he was a MythBuster, and he w- he worked on the Star Wars prequels, modeling, uh, practical special effects, and the Matrix sequels. So I was halfway through this video, and they're like, "Well, you also worked on the Matrix sequels," and I was, "Oh crap!" And I hit pause because <laughs> I didn't want to. I had watched the second one at that point, but not the third one. I yeah, and I they, guess I I didn't. I mean, I knew he like actually worked on films and stuff, but I wasn't really sure what he did. But Matrix, that's cool. 
Yeah, so they break down quite a bit of how they did a lot of the effects of the third movie in particular, which the second and third one are made were made simultaneously, mm-hmm. like kind of a la um, Lord of the Rings. Um, or Avengers so, Infinity War. Yeah, and Endgame. Uh, so, yeah, great. Great stuff. Got to check out that channel. Did you watch their R-rated Spider-Man? No, I still haven't gotten around to that one yet. That's really good as yeah, well. I should watch that. They're, 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 I'm telling you, watch it. Okay, <laughs> watch it. I will find you. You gotta watch these videos. They are much. They're they're kind of R-rated though. So if you're not <laughs> of the age where that would be appropriate for you. Do not watch them, unless you have your parents' permission. Uh, <laughs> gotta cover all my bases here, Holden. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Anything uh, oh, I should say, I totally forgot to mention this last week. I am watching another show with Emily. We have been watching The Crown on Netflix. Oh, how's that? It's good. I, I like it. I It's great because I don't know anything about the <laughs> the royalty of <laughs> England. So it's a, it's very educational. Uh, it's very well done. There's some really good sequences and editing. Um and good character moments so yeah it's it's one of those series that's always nominated for a ton of emmys so yeah very good performances very well done emily's into that aesthetic so she excited for the new downton abbey movie oh yeah (laughs) um and so yeah i we've been enjoying it we're like what six episodes in or something so it's been good it's been enjoyable i i think it's very well done yeah so yeah. yeah that's all i got holden okay um, well, should we talk about our exciting news for January? We haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah, well, I didn't know if we could confirm it or not. Oh, I guess uh, I don't. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. Leave right, we'll, we'll leave it. Uh, we'll wait until it gets closer. We do have a, a cool thing coming up in January, so uh, be on the be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Um, but aside from that. Uh, you can leave. Oh, I guess next week um, we're kind of. It's going to be Matrix. We have a lot of movies and stuff we're wanting to watch in the next couple weeks, so we're it. It's going to be kind of varied. <laughs> It'll probably be kind of flying at the seat of our pants, depending on what we just watch, because we want to see. We wanted to see Nightmare Alley. We want to see um, that. Don't look up on Netflix. We want to see um licorice Matri- pizza licorice pizza maybe king's man maybe king's man yeah it, there's just a lot coming out in this time so uh, we'll for sure do the matrix movies next week um i guess if we somehow get around to uh, maybe if we watch like don't look up on netflix or something we'll do that too we'll see we'll see we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get to a lot of these eventually yeah i think because i think january <laughs> yeah january is going to be a bit of a yeah week it's gonna start drying up we'll only have morbius to look forward to (laughs) so uh otherwise yeah matrix they're on the matrix cold movies are on hulu and hbo i think right now so if you have either of those check it out catch up with us again those sequels they're worth watching yeah you haven't seen them or you haven't seen them in a while i think they are a lot better than people give them credit for so watch them Play the Unreal Engine demo, too. If you have a PS5. The, yeah. See The Matrix Resurrections either on HBO Max or in theaters. And join us next week for a yeah. fantastic discussion. Yeah. And have a happy holiday, everybody. Yeah. And uh, 
obviously. Um, you can do all the request stuff. I'm not going to list that out because we do have a lot of movies coming out. So we're not going to get, we're probably not going to get to requests for a little bit. Well, January we might, we'll see. But yeah, just do all that request stuff we always talk about iTunes review, email, whatever. Yep. Awesome. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Alrighty. Adios. Pantalones. Love you.